Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Good thing the rain is kind of passing over a little bit. Austin, I'm glad to see that. I was a little, uh, a little worried a little bit that the Cinco de Mayo uh, weekend was going to be a little tainted. Uh, but the rain kind of hit and kind of has gone on by. Your boy was going to grill tonight. I need that rain out. If you I'm need it grill. gone. Mm-hmm. The weather is going to be lovely, though, the next week. I see 80s. Yes. I see it. Yes. I want it. It's Patio Pounders by Kevin Myers <laughs> Cork and Bottle. Sunny Definitely sitting out. Sit, oh, my gosh. That thing sneaks up on you. Uh, it creeps up on you like, uh, you know, uh, what, what's the dude? Uh, that, what do they call him? The ghost face? What, what's, the, what's the guy on screen? Oh, yeah, ghost face. They call yeah. him the ghost yeah. face? Yeah. Yeah, he creeps up on yeah. you like the ghost face, man, and just all of a sudden lays you out. But uh, we're, there's something that was a little bit interesting in the news. Um, Let's thank I, Mary Ellen's. They're oh, great. Yes. Mary Ellen's never can go wrong with Mary Ellen's. You don't even have to <laughs> grill if you had didn't Mary want Ellen's? to. You don't even have to. You don't even have to grill if you didn't want to. You can just shoot down to Mary Ellen's and talk to Charles and have a conversation. It's true. So maybe I should do that instead. Oh man, did we did Sutter Heyman text line? Did I get the guy's name from yesterday? I owe him Mary Ellen's. Was it Eric? No. I'll scroll back through. Yeah, we're, we we got to scroll back through. I got to I got to get him hooked up. Cuz that was for a smash and dash. Yeah, for smash and dash. Yeah, we got to find that. You might be able to do a search on that. I need to find that cuz I need to I need to connect them with Mary Allen's. Smash and dash. Uh, it's not in there. Um, I thought I could do it that way. Um, if you're listening on the Sutter Hemming text line, 402-464-5685, you remember what happened on yesterday. Send us a message so that we can see the text thread and know that you are the one that I need to connect with Mary Ellens to make that happen for you. Um, so listen, there was something in the news, Austin, that kind of popped up, and I thought it was interesting. And the reason being is that uh, the Big Ten. We have Big Ten. You know, We talk Big Ten football. Obviously, the Huskers are – are part of the Big Ten, and, and uh, we like all things Big Ten. And one of the uh, draftees, uh, former Northwestern offensive tackle Peter Skaronsky, who was selected by the Tennessee Titans in the 11th as the 11th overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, there was a team that passed on him. There was a team that kind of, you know, took a look at him, you know, had a conversation with him, took him through the testing process, uh, they went through the combine. They liked what they saw, but they sat down with him, and it was actually the coach, uh, the coach Arthur Smith. <laughs> Arthur Smith basically told Peter Skaronsky, "You're boring to me," mm-hmm. and I found that interesting because I really want to understand Austin what goes into the draft process. You had a chance to draft phenomenal talent, great. You know, you're trying to protect a quarterback. One, mm-hmm. you know, a young quarterback that needs needs that time, needs that needs help. That needs that help, and you have the opportunity to grab him. But because he's boring, now, first I want to just stop there. What do you think goes into the process of figuring out whether or not this should be boring, be a part of that, or is it just a relationship thing? There's so many different ways I think that, that this could go, so many different places this could come from. If Skaronsky's going to play, you know, tackle, which which he did in college, or if he's going to play guard, which some teams think he has to do because of his arm size, or he's going to play center, or he's going to play defensive line, or he's going to play tight end, whatever they want him to do, 
Why does that matter? Right. But especially on the offensive line, you don't think of those guys as the big personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Engaging, right, smart, anyway. went right. to Northwestern. But why Why does boring have to play a factor? Don't you want that, a guy that keeps his head down and works? And it tells you you don't have to do any media coaching, right? Because if he's giving you, in the biggest job interview of his life, the generic boring answers, you think he's going to say anything stupid to the media? That's good. No, I think that's a good thing. So That's good, Austin. I like where you went with that one. I wonder mm. if this was done on purpose. Mm, break that down. So, um, The Athletic did an article kind of on this as okay. well, on Skaronsky. Um And one of the, the, the excerpts there says, The conversation was a little less comfortable with the Falcons, undoubtedly by design. Skaronsky had been told that some interviewers are purposely abrasive in an attempt to see how prospects ah, react. So I wonder if Arthur Smith was playing mind games with him. Because here's the quote from Skaronsky. The head coach was on me the second I got in there. I was giving them generic answers to their questions, and he said, you're really boring me right now. Your answers are so boring. The whole meeting, he kept looking at his computer. Um, I-, I laughed to myself and said, sorry, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm answering you honestly. So maybe Arthur Smith was doing that on purpose, mm. but that's such a weird thing to do on purpose. So, so in essence, in essence, some of these sometimes, depending on probably what what NFL staff that you're going to be dealing with, uh, they're kind of mini head games. <laughs> mini? That's a major head game. <laughs> so, so there's movies that I've seen that they that they do this, um, where there's these different types of games that you have to kind of do and play and. And, and try to figure out I, – I think I was watching one of them. It's called The 3% or something. It was on Netflix. And and in order for you to get to the the level of coming out of the ghetto, basically, and, and live in this utopian type of place, you had to go through this test process. So I, I – I, but there's head games that they played with the people sometimes. You know, they made mm-hmm. you think that you're, you were right or they made you think that – uh, they wanted you to play as a team, but they wanted you to be individual or they wanted you to be individual minded. But in order to get the task done, you needed to be team mind. You know what I mean? So it was mm-hmm. it was kind of weird. But that's what it seems like to me that's going on. Which is weird. Why do you yeah. have to do that in a one on one interview? Yeah. Is you that really personally. the time or place to yeah. test a guy on stuff like that? Like. Yeah. Ask his coaches what he's like in the locker room. Ask the media members that talk to him after games what he was like. I, I don't get being you know that abrasive, even if it's a show, even if you're actually interested in what he's saying. Why then in there? Like again, this is your team, Arthur Smith. Like you're a first-time head coach. You have a lot writing on this. To give the appearance of you know blowing a player off, brushing him off, or doing something. Honestly, it kind of feels like a stunt. That doesn't help you. It doesn't help the player. It doesn't help the franchise. I just don't get it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, um, who is it? Uh, unnamed Texter said the same thing. I don't understand that. Uh, unnamed Texter, 41423. I don't understand that. He's a football coach, not a sports psychologist. I I would have to agree with that that sentiment. But even more than that, I loved how Skaronsky handled it. Mm-hmm. And... To me, that's as you as you alluded to. That's the type of player that I want around. You know, in my mm-hmm. locker room, I want that type of player that's going to be able to handle things, pressure, mm-hmm. um, situations that maybe are uncomfortable, but yet he keeps a you know a stoic kind of attitude, a mindset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't verbally laugh, but 
he laughed to himself. So mm-hmm. there was things that he said, you know, because <laughs> think of the nonverbals that could have happened in that situation, Austin, right? You're looking at him, and I could have given a face like, what the hell is he talking about, right? Look like, around if there's someone else in the room. Yeah, like, he crazy, right? You know, there's a lot of nonverbals that could have happened, mm-hmm. but I, I can see Skaronsky just, you know, listen, North Northwestern is – He's top notch program now. You gotta have some some mental fortitude to be able mm-hmm. to handle the <laughs> the rigor of a Northwestern program. So I, I know he's a smart kid and I'm sure he just kinda sat there with his hands crossed and he was like, Well shoot, okay, sir <laughs> and, and and just kinda chuckled inside. But the, boring? You're boring. That's offensive, isn't it? Is that I would kind think of offensive? So. I'm like how like how do you know I'm boring, my guy? Because I'm answering you direct questions. Like, that's what's crazy to me. Like, it's got to be something to it other than the fact that uh, you're just interviewing me and you're playing head games because, dang, I'm, 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 I'm boring. Some of you guys on the, on the line think I'm probably boring, too, and that's fine, too. That's all good. <laughs> I probably am. I'm boring. But until you get to know me, you might, you might think different. Some of those that got to play with me at Double Eagle Golf, they would they would to <laughs> say that I'm, I'm not boring. I'm actually a pretty fun dude. Uh, but nonetheless, a wide receiver flies off the handle if he's called boring. Oh yeah, a defensive back puts on a show if he's called boring in that meeting. A linebacker stands up and maybe <laughs> maybe hovers over you a little bit. Mm-hmm. A quarterback is just kind of oh, you know so you know depends, you depends depends on, on who. the quarterback right? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. If you call him boring, uh, he's he's gonna go off on you. Yeah, yeah. Other guys would be like Tom Brady would handle it. He's like, yeah, I like football. That's what I'm here for, coach. <laughs> Next question, please. Oh, that's hilarious. What, do, what does a running back do? Where do running backs fall? Hmm. I think they're a little closer to the wide receiver defensive back end of the spectrum, even if they're not quite that far. I could see that. Uh, but but here's no no here's the crazy thing about that, right? Marshawn Lynch <laughs> compared to, like, any other – you know what I mean? Like, Emmett Smith. Right. I think that's a different – I think that's a different – That's a he, totally different conversation. Right? Good point. So, I couldn't see – I think that, that spectrum could be pretty wide depending on who that, that – I, I think even Frank Gore compared to maybe um, Ezekiel Elliott or, sure. and somebody, you know, mm-hmm. I think they would probably handle it a little mm-hmm. bit different. Did you have any conversations with teams? I did not. But I, I – Their loss. So, I, I didn't. But I did have a conversation um, um, when it came time for the Mavericks to make a decision as to whether or not, again, the story goes is that they, Ross Pro Jr. had to cut three contracts of almost like $2 million, almost $2 million, like $1.8, $1.7 million in order to keep me. So he calls me and my father who is an officer, a, a, uh, he's a lieutenant, he was a lieutenant colonel in the Air, in the Air Force at the time. Um, Ross Perot Jr. had served, so I think that kind of helped bridge the gap a little bit because I think Ross Perot Jr., when they sat down and they interviewed me um, personally, he knew what kind of stock I came from. Mm-hmm. By just looking at my dad, having conversations with my dad, and then having conversations with me and confirming you know, what it was that he he thought he saw in me, right? Mm-hmm. 
because I think he just he 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 was trying to change culture. Um, it was a losing culture. I mean, they had great athletes in Jason Kidd, um, Jamal Mashburn, Jimmy Jack. I mean, they were the original big three. Like young, they if they could have stayed together and got it right, just how good. No one would really know fully how good. And then rumor has it. I don't know the fullness of the rumor because it was just after me, but rumor has it that Tony Braxton was was a part of that situation uh, at the time when she was on top, and uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but um, they kind of got into a little bit of beef. It kind of affected them on the court, and uh, there had to be some splits done. And so, man, um, that's when I had the conversations with Top Brass. And that was the first time. The second time was then right before I got to sign, I uh, met with <laughs> – play. let me say, I played golf and I let Don Nelson win. Ah, so smart. So I, I kind of – you know, I would, I would chip short. I, would, I, I didn't want to beat him. Did that hurt you as a competitor? <laughs> it did. I was like, <laughs> Don, Don was smoking his stogie. And, you know, we we're talking. And so it, it, people don't realize that golf is a space, a place that you really get an opportunity. If, if, if you're anybody listening right now, learn how to play golf. Because a lot of business gets done on a golf course. Because you have four hours. There's no um, – um, your guards – kind of come down a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So you can really interact and get to know somebody on a personal level. Conversations change. You really get to understand. It's not all business-driven. Business may be implemented into the conversation, mm-hmm. but it's not solely business-driven. And learn to play golf. It's, it's, it's a fun sport in order to uh, do business and have a good time as well. And patio pound, pork <laughs> and Myers. <laughs> and Mary Ellen's food. That's that's the way to do it. Yeah, you need to take me golfing. So I need to go golfing with you, double eagle something sometime yeah, yeah. to show you just how go. bad I am. Yeah, I don't have clubs or anything. I no, do swing, got, I do swing lefty you. though. They got them for you. Top golf is a great place to to do that too. That's a that's a I've fun been, space been to go and have a have a patio. Times, I think yeah. Strick, it is so bad. Is it that bad? Also? Strick, it is so bad. God, it is a tro. I don't know if I have Get the video. Some lessons, you know, you know your boy, our boy, our boy. Correct. Our boy, yeah, uh, Jake Sorensen is is that guy. Okay, so he's the golfing guy in in the building. My my issue with golf is I still do the toe tap. Oh, uh, you're stride freaking out, baseball swing. And I, yeah. I, my arms are still bent, right? I don't have the the straight yeah, arm. Yeah, straight arm. I, I can't do it. You know, you know, it doesn't I, make sense to me in I, any way, shape, or form. I've benefited from being ambidextrous. So I can understand what you're saying. Being um, a left-handed predominant hitter, I don't hit with my golf clubs left-handed. So I I, what? I, I play right-handed. So I didn't. Oh my gosh. I, I benefited, unfair. unfair, unfair. I benefited from being ambidextrous, and so my golf swing was unaffected by my baseball swing. Wow. So I understand what you're saying, though, because that that does tend to be. It's so you're saying really I should just start golfing righty. It's it's learning to shift it to to instead of straight out to straight down. Hmm. It's really just a, that's it. I mean, it's the same type of focus. It's just shifting the mindset to a straight down. Don't move. Stay balanced. You know, just turn. You know, don't shift. Don't lean. Don't you know? That's all it is. Yeah. My putt putt game's okay though. Uh, mine <laughs> sucks. Mine sucks. I get frustrated with putt putt because my kids beat me. 
Oh, and yeah, I, I like can see. It. Yeah, I can see. I yeah, like I need to putt yeah. straight at the hole and not freaking going through all types of obstacles. I don't like it. <laughs> it it's not. It's not fun for me. It's just learn the angles, right? Learning. You know, it's just just like using the backboard, but on a golf course. Yeah, Something yeah. Like Sanderson, yes, yes. You're just like Stricky. Um, it's 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 crazy how we've <laughs> we've done that. Uh, but I've been, yeah, I've been that that way all my life. So, Marshawn Lynch with. Or without a cart. Hmm. I didn't get that one, Tommy, but... Marshawn Lynch in the golf cart? Or the uh, the medical cart? Sturkey, do you not remember this? I don't remember. Oh, I'm pulling up the video right now. Oh. Hold that thought. Um. <laughs> Unnamed texture says, 1319 uh, says, Mine's like a hockey slap shot. <laughs> Good old Happy Gilmore style. That is a classic movie. If you haven't seen Happy Gilmore, it is a must-see. You've got to go see that. It is an actually absolutely hilarious movie. Um, okay, okay, we're getting... Okay, let me... You got it? Yeah. Our boy, Marshawn Lynch, is just riding the cart around the field. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Stricky, that's beast mode. <laughs> that is Cal. so beast mode. That is Marshawn Lynch-ish. In co- so you, you, you knew what you were getting. Yeah. You knew what you were getting. Yeah. You, if, you, if you didn't know what you were getting when you got Marshawn Lynch, then, you know, that you missed the mark <laughs> on that one. Underrated sports moment in history. Yeah. So speaking of being ambidextrous, yeah. the best three-point shooter in the NBA the last two years has been Luke Kennard. Yeah. Shoots lefty. Does everything else righty? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm weird like that. I write left-handed. I throw uh, right-handed. I bat left. I can switch. I can actually shoot both hands. Um, I kick right-footed. Um, yeah, I'm I'm weird. I'm weird like that too. Did anyone ever tell you the scouting report said he's a lefty? Yes. Can go left. Like okay, thank I you. I loved it. <laughs> I loved the scouting report on me. Lefty. Lefty, you know, guard his left hand, strong left hand. <laughs> I love it. And then I'd go by him on the right hand. Oh, yeah, it, it made my career. It was part of it was part of the making my career, and they never figured it out, and it's crazy. <laughs> they had a decade to figure it they out. They had a decade to and figure they it out, and they still couldn't figure it out. They still couldn't figure it out with strong, strong right hand. Strong right hand. Mm-hmm. Like, if you give me the right, I'm finishing on you. <sighs> yes, that part. Through the rim. Yeah, that part. Uh, no, no, no. Here's here, here's a here's a little inside scoop. Um, in high school and in college, if you were near the rim and I was approaching the paint, I'm trying to put you in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dunks and a lot of people. Some that's listening that's probably felt the wrath of Streaky attacking <laughs> the rim. I was trying to put everybody in and make a highlight of you. Mm-hmm. Right. I get in the NBA. The only body I caught, I wish now, now I, I I've dunked, but the real body that I wish I had camera film on still was in an exhibition game that we played at the University of Wisconsin, and I'm still mad that the freaking lockout happened when we were about to come and play here at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. It was the lockout season. We tickets were sold out. Dallas Mavericks was coming up here, and I was excited That's a to get to play in the That's a reunion. Again, right? Yeah. Freaking lockout. But uh-huh. anyway, after that, we go on an exhibition. We play up in Minnesota. Michael Finley, obviously, mm-hmm. there was a similar type of thing. Played up in, in Wisconsin against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got a steal. Left side. 
I'm going, it's just me going, looking at the rim, because it was a good steal where Ray Allen on the far right is coming down. Now, mind you, we both were in the same class. So, mm-hmm. yep. Ray Allen's tracking me, but not trying to beat me. He's trying to time like, it up, time me up. Mm-hmm. I had that look like, oh, you're trying to do that? And so I planted Michael Jordan type, you know, like at the block. And I went up with a lean in, body to body, boom, and one. I, it, it, we had VH, VHSs back then, so that would have been on a VHS tape. It's not on the cloud. I'm so disappointed I never got to keep that one. But that body to body, I think that took me from probably being the 10th man that year because I was injured the year before mm-hmm. a little bit to being <laughs> starting lineup because I had a freaking great exhibition season and that was part of it. And you I made Ray Allen change his name. Oh, my goodness. Sugar Tugger. You know, that's what they call him. His nickname was Sugar Tugger. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, Ray Allen's nickname was Sugar. Sugar Tugger. Oh, so now I need to look this up and see if that's listed on Basketball Reference. Yeah, it won't. You know, they, they you know, after he did the movie, they started calling Jesus Shuttlesworth and all that mm-hmm. stuff too. Yeah, he had all that stuff going for him as well. Yeah, Sugar Tugger. Huh? Ask Michael Red. Michael Red, he knows. They they played together in Milwaukee. They did. I, I still. Here's the thing, Strick. I'm young enough. To not really remember anything about Ray Allen in Milwaukee. To really? me, to me, my first memories of Ray Allen are Boston. Like I know he started in Milwaukee. I know that in my head, but I don't picture him as a Buck. I know he played for the Sonics, but I don't picture him in a Sonics uniform. Yeah. For me, yeah. I go Boston first, and then I go Miami. Yeah, he was in a Milwaukee Milwaukee Bucks uniform, and listen, Glenn Big Dog Robinson mm-hmm. was a problem. For a lot of people in the NBA, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. He, them two together. If you go and look at track it, them two together with Sam Cassell, they were they they for a few years with Coach Carl. They for That's a few right. years were the leading team in the East back then. Oh yeah, they were a problem. They were a problem for the East back then. I also here's the other thing with George Carl. I still think of him with the Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, George Carl, long time, mm-hmm. you know, long time Sonics guy. You know, back when mm-hmm. Gary Payton and, um, you know, Rain Man, you know, Sean Kemp was mm-hmm. banging on people's heads. God, gosh, it was. It, there was nothing. There, that was a great atmosphere up in the Key Arena. You know, and, and I'm still surprised that Seattle doesn't have a team. They need to get one. I'm still surprised they don't. I mean, they, they've got a great fan base. And a, now, I understand because it is not cheap. Right. Because everything you do and everywhere you go is expensive. Gas mm-hmm. for planes and long road trips. And you, you're going to have long ones. And so I can understand what it is, but still a great, great place to, to play. Now, the city now is not like it used to be. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's not it's not it's not old Seattle like it used to be, but I got yeah. three quick questions for you. Number one, are you surprised Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers instead of trying to get a team back to Seattle with his Microsoft money? Oh yeah, that's interesting. Uh that, that well, you know, I think he was kind of limited as to kind of what he could do. Um I think that the surprise is the Bucks are about to sell or 
in process. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think I thought I just heard it, and I could be wrong. I, I was listening a little bit earlier. Uh, I thought I picked up on it. Um, I think they're trying to either sell the Bucks or it's already gone through. Uh, text text line if you guys know any more information on that. You guys are always welcome to you know check me on that. But um, I was there when the remember, you guys have heard of the Coles. Mm-hmm. Like Cole stores, mm-hmm. K O H L. Yep. Yeah, they mm-hmm. were the owners of the team for when I was there. Mm. Yeah, and so Mr. Cole, just just a little FYI, if you're a Simpsons fan, if you're if you're a Simpsons fan, Mr. Cole, every time I looked at him, he looked to me like Mr. Burns. If you, just go and Google Mr. Burns. That's what Mr. Cole looked like to me. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I swear to you, it was the fun. I see it. I was, you, I see it. You see it? Yeah. Can you see it? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I see it. Yeah, that's the way I saw him. Huh. Every time he, and he's short. Okay. And he walks in, and he has his same hair. Same hair. Yeah. Is this little, 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 little quaint little voice? Oh my gosh! I, it was, he was hilarious to me, bro. So. If, if Stricky could have played for one coach that he didn't get to play for, or you put yourself on one team in your career, who's that coach, or what team do you add yourself to? That's a good one, because I played for. Uh, I play. I play for the ones I like. Mm-hmm. I, I would probably say I would have loved to have played in Popovich's system too. Just, just as a whole, I thought the world would have never known a Tony Parker then. Um, another fun system is Adelman. Okay, sure. Rick, Rick Adelman. Adelman. Mm-hmm. He had a fun system. Where would he have been when you were in the league? I want to say Phoenix, maybe. I think maybe Phoenix, if I remember correctly. No? Indiana? I'm looking here. Okay, huh. so he was with... Sacramento? Yeah, Sacramento, Sacramento for most of your time. Yeah. Sacramento. Yeah, they had a fun... They had maybe a fun maybe Golden State right at the start of your uh, career. It wasn't yeah. that team. It was the Sacramento, Sacramento team. Sacramento, Yeah. Last question then. What was Stricky's dunk package? What was your go-to? Off two feet. Trying to power, power, mm. trying to break it one hand or two. I don't care. Off two feet, lean in, trying to yeah, put you in. Lean in to try to put you in. That was it. Um, but 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 oh, th- to finish that story before we get out of here, on a break. Um, so I so the Ray Allen dunk happened in the exhibition, but my mindset was this: I've got a freaking chase. I've got to chase Allen Iverson. I've got to chase um, Stephon Marbury. I've got to chase, um, you know, I've, I've got to get posted up by Mark Jackson. Uh, I've got Gary Payton that's going to do both. I've got um, uh, Nick Van Exel who is like shifty, shifty. Um, I might have to cover Kobe. Then Michael Jordan might be an assignment that night. Reggie Miller's running off 100 picks. I'm saying all of this in my mind, right? And I'm saying – Freak dunking a ball. Let me just lay this thing up and go back and relax. There's too much energy that's used to dunk a ball. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm wasting a lot of energy. Let me just lay this thing up and get back on defense. I've got to run again. (laughs) Shoot, that was my mindset, and that's what happened. 
Stricky's time is on I'm the ball, not it. in the air. Yeah, I'm sticking to it. I love it. Um, we're going to keep the basketball conversation going next segment. Uh, there's some proposed rule changes in the NCAA that are going to go before the committee. A lot of interesting ones I want to pick uh, Strick's brain about. We'll do that when we continue here on The Block coming up next.